We've, we've got to. I, I think um, normally Emily does. I'm not sure where Emily is this morning. Uh, that's where she is. Well, praise the Lord. All right, well, let's find a prayer request first. Prayer request, um, Miss Linda Hopper wants prayer for wisdom about her parents. Um, her dad is in the final days. He's really not eating, not doing much anything. And so uh, uh, that's coming real close, coming. And then, of course, there's decisions about that, decisions about family, then decisions about the her mom, who's going to be alone then at that point. So uh, pray for them. And so anybody else got something you want to pray about? Yes, sir. She'll need selling. And right. Oh, yeah, I know. Nothing is done until it's done. I've been, uh, I'm still trying to hope that I get the, uh, our, our house done. It's, you know, until it, it's absolutely signed, sealed, and delivered, it's, it's not done. So, um, well, what town is that house, uh, that trailer in? Uh, it's, it's here in Hattiesburg. Uh, it's in the middle between Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg, so. The most important thing, does it have a really good air conditioner? Because that's what it needs in Hattiesburg. Anybody else? Yes, sir. It's uh, not, you were hired, right? Probably what she's trying to do is hold on to you while she's trying to get final approval for you. Like, oh, yeah, I got you. You're hired. <laughs> and that's where you want to say, yeah, and do I have a check? <laughs> so, yeah, I know how that system works just a little bit. Man, yes, ma'am, Miss Johnny May. Well, the um, s surgery for my brother-in-law um, procedures they had to do. Uh, both of them went well. He came through them well. There was no um, blockage, uh, not blockage, but um, blood clot in the heart. That's what they were concerned about. That final procedure was that there would be a blood clot in the heart, and there was not. So that was really that was very good. Um, I think it's just a matter of days, and they can start him on blood thinners. They just had to wait three weeks after the strokes to keep, you know, I guess causing bleeding on the brain. So he's, he's doing better. He's gotten up walking. He's, he's moving his mouth and, um, more than he was and that type of thing. So he seems to be improving. Need to pray for Dad. Um, they did three procedures on him in three days. And 87 is awful to be, be doing, putting him under three days in a row. And something, uh, I'll be honest with you, he's just, he's really, really weak right now and really confused. Uh, he's at home, he's at the house, but he's, he's just uh, incredibly weak and just really doesn't, he, he'll talk to you coherently and then but when he tries to sleep, he's talking to people, moving his arms. If he dozes off, he's in the conversation, he's doing, and so it's, uh, I'm not sure what happened or they think it's the medicines and things just got to work their way out. And I'm hoping that that's it. But please pray for him that he'll regain some strength. They did get the blockage taken care of, so that was good. Um, so, so good to see you. How's that leg doing? Praise the Lord. Amen. That's a rough, rough way to go. Isn't it? Wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It wasn't a replacement. They just did. They worked on it, right? Yeah, they it, apparently it's it's almost worse doing that than it is just replacing the knee. You know? Yeah. Wow. 
Yes, sir. Come on over this way. Get way over there, and then I don't get to see you when I'm talking. Are you the only teen boy that we had today? Because Brother John, Brother John wasn't here today. Brother John is not here, so teen boys were supposed to come over here today. Well, we don't have, yes, ma'am. Uh, he told me this morning that he's not, he's not going to do it. Yeah, he told me this morning that he's just he's going to postpone it. So, uh, but that that just means we got to pray that that growth, that tumor doesn't grow. That you know God takes care of it because God can go in and take it out. So that's what we need to pray now. All right. Well, let's have a word of prayer and let's pray. Father, I, I pray that you bless, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy to us, Lord. You've been so good to us. You, all the time. You, you are a God that is good all the time. It's amazing how good you are uh, to some weak and often just sinful people. Lord, uh, none of us are any better than anybody else, but at our very best, you said our righteousness is as filthy rags. And Lord, I pray that you please just keep your patience with us as we yield ourselves to thee. Please bless our nation. Bless our our land as elections are coming, but Lord, most of all, we need your touch. Uh, we need people to elect you back again, to, to turn their hearts back to God. And then, Father, I pray that you'd bless here for the trailer that needs to be sold, and uh, Lord, that you would do that. It's, it's something that just needs to be taken care of, and it'd be a burden off of them, and financial burden, I'm sure, would, would be a help to the family overall. And then, and, uh, and then, Lord, Brother Rogers, uh, with his job and with his back, Lord, it's, uh, uh, that's, the back's a, a tough thing when it's, when it's hurting. Uh, it just, just kind of affects everything. It affects your whole uh, spirit in, in, a, in a great sense because it just wears you and it just every movement hurts. And, Lord, I pray that you be with him and lift him up and heal him. And then, Lord, Brother Vickery's leg uh, and, and knee, Lord, I pray that you'd please uh, that you continue to heal that, that you'd raise him up there and strengthen him. And, and uh, Lord, it wasn't mentioned this morning, but Tori, Lord, I pray that you bless Tori and that you'd continue to, to just work out the details and continue. Lord, thank you for the job that you've given and the things that you have done in his, in his life. And then, Father, I pray that you'd be with us this morning as we study again your word, as we look into your word, as we seek your will and your way in everything that we do. Thank you for those that are here this morning. Maybe those that are on the way are going to be here just for the church service or maybe Sunday school a little, little bit late. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us. Thank you again for your grace and mercy and patience. Father, I was about to forget. I, I do want to pray for Miss uh, Linda's uh, mother and father, especially the father right now. Uh, Lord, that you would strengthen his body and strengthen his mind. And, and Lord, give them divine wisdom as they go through the days ahead. And then, Father, I pray that you bless... Uh, my daddy and, and, and Freddie, both of them, as, as they've been through so much here recently. And, Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen them. And, and, Lord, if it is chemicals and medicines and things in his dad's body, that you'd clear his body out quickly and that it would, that it would free him up, free up his mind so that he'd feel like uh, uh, getting up and moving around and, and, and finding strength again. Now, Lord, I pray again that you'd bless our class. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you go to Genesis chapter 7, Genesis chapter 7, talking about the events in the Bible, and in Genesis chapter 7, we're going to look at verse 5, we're going to, uh, several different verses here as we, we look at and just kind of talk about the flood itself, not Noah specifically as we did when we were going through as individuals or people of Genesis, now we're looking at the, the, the events of Genesis and, and of course, uh, one of the great events of Genesis is, uh, is the flood. And so you look at verse 5, it says, And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him, and Noah was 600 
years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean and of fowls and everything that creepeth upon the earth. Uh, there went in two and two unto Noah uh, <clears throat> into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. And then uh, verse 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Then, um, then we just drop down to verse 17. Verse 17 says, and the flood was 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bare up the ark and it was lift up above the earth and the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth and the ark went upon the face of the waters and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth and all the high hills. Uh, that were under the whole heaven were covered. Uh, I want you to notice that terminology, and waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, uh, both of the fowl and of, the, of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life, and all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the earth, both man and cattle and creeping things and the, and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, nor only remained alive. They that were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days." And uh, I know it's a lot of verses, but now go to Genesis 8, verses 1 through 5. Genesis 8, verses 1 through 5. It says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made the wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged and the fountains also of the deep and the, the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained and the waters returned from off the earth continually after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. And the earth rested in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. And in the 10th month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. Now, um, we're just going to you know, talk a little bit about the, the flood. You know, I went through a lot of verses, but I'm going to just give you some, some thoughts uh, about this and you know, maybe some, a little bit of clarification, at least the best that I can. Uh, the first thought is the whole flood uh, that experienced this whole thing that takes place that we just saw described, it's going to end up being a little over a year. Uh, just I think they, you know, most put it at about 370 something days, I forget it is, 71 days, something like that. Uh, next thought is the rain was not the sole source of the water. Uh, people that don't read the Bible and, and really want to uh, debate against the Bible, we're, that's part of what we're going to talk about this morning, some of the questions that come out of the thing about Noah's Ark. Uh, you know, they'll talk about, you know, wouldn't been enough rain, not enough water, all that kind of stuff. But the, the, the source of the water wasn't just the rain that fell, wasn't just the canopy we believe that, that now was, was taken away and all the moisture was allowed to fall. It was because the, the waters of the deep, the waters inside the earth were broken up. Uh, you know, we're in the artesian well system. I don't know if they know how much water's underneath us around here, uh, but I got a feeling there's quite a bit, and we're very fortunate because it's really good water. Uh, the artesian well system around the Memphis area is, is fantastic water. And, uh, and growing up, it was just nothing like it. You know, that we, our well was about 300 and I think 60 feet deep out, in the, out at the farm out there uh, where we grew up. And that was some incredibly cold, good water out of that artesian well system. So there's, there's all kinds of water underneath the earth. And God allowed all those waters to come up and, the, and, and there was 
well, we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, next thought is, if the waters prevailed on the earth and covered the hills of the mountains, uh, and, and some think that they covered the mountains upwards maybe even 22 feet, the highest peak, the highest thing in the earth would have been still been underwater by, by up to 22 feet, depending on what the actual cubit measurement was. Now, uh, the... Um, this, of course, would, would tell you that there, there, it, it could not be a, uh, a, a local flood, okay? So, I mean, you can't cover the highest peak on the world and it be a local flood. It's just not, it's not feasibly possible. It's got to run off. Uh, there's another thought. The ark would have, if it was a local flood, even a massive local flood, the lark, the, the lark, the lark would have lifted, the, the, the ark would have drifted uh, toward the runoff. Um, it would have gone just toward the the lower the runoff, and and it would have landed on land a lot quicker. I mean, when water when we have flood here, you can be complete. Our fields down there when I was growing up, the fields of what we call the bottom uh, land that we had down there, it would I mean four, five, six feet deep. Sometimes it'd be underwater. Today and tomorrow, there's puddles because it's going to run. As long as it's got a place to run, it's going to run, and uh, and so. It would have it been a massive runoff, and it would have come to the ark would have come to ground much much quicker. And then uh, some of the questions that, that come out, you know, is when you go through this, they uh, one of the things is uh, you know one of the intellectuals says, well, uh, all the freshwater fish would have died, uh, and that means they've never they've never been around uh, what they call down down in Louisiana. Anybody? Brackish water. Anybody ever heard of brackish water? Uh, you know, when you have all that fresh water coming in, uh, it wouldn't have. Uh, there's no way it would have been all salt water everywhere. You would have had. You'd had a mixture. You probably had areas uh, as you know I areas of the world even that would have been greatly just fresh water. So that is really. But brackish water, partially salt water, partially uh, fresh water. It 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 keeps, you know, uh, there's a lot of freshwater fish that are able to live in that water. Uh, then there's another question. Why would the ark settle on a mountain? Why would it not drift toward lower land? And again, you know, it, this is where, uh, to me, again, it's, it's, it's really, really simple. Uh, but the, the, the water receded. It didn't run off. It receded slowly. And the ark, uh, if it's floating in a particular area, and of course, no, the number one reason it's where it is because God wanted it there. But number two, it's sitting in a particular area. If water's settling very slowly, then it's going to touch down. And the moment it touches down, and it's sinking very, you know, the ark's in the water pretty deeply. And so it's going to, uh, it's going to touch down. Now, one of the things, though, about that 22 feet, uh, that, that, amount of water over it would allow the ark to have drifted over any area of the earth because the ark would not have settled any deeper than that the ark would have cleared everywhere and so um there was uh, this big question one guy uh came out and he said uh, well you know then the ridiculousness of a worldwide flood because you got mount everest and mount everest is about five miles high and to have the water 22 feet above Mount Everest would, you know, just absolutely been a total impossibility. Um, now, again, we're going to go through this, but the intellectual God-haters chose to, they choose to be ignorant. They don't want to know. They don't want to see the truth. The earth clearly would have been vastly different after the deeps erupted. You see, it was cataclysmic what took place on the world at that time. And, and God, when, when you read about it, he calls, he says first, he says, over all the high hills. And then the, the next verse talks about the mountains. But, you know, you can term mountains, you can term the Smokies to be the mountains, you can term the Cumberlands to be the mountains, you can term the Blue Ridge Mountains to be the mountains, or you can term the Rockies to be the mountains. There's a little bit of difference in them, isn't it? A whole lot of difference in them. Uh, you know, if you want to get technical, you know, we'd a lot of times could say, well, that's foothills. But most people would say, no, that's mountains. And if you came from Delta land, if it's above about 15 feet, it's a mountain. And so, uh, uh, you know, it really is. It's just, and so 
the terminology here, but, but it's just so clear. If you had a catastrophic thing like the flood take place worldwide, and it was caused by the breaking up of the deep, the, the earthquakes and the, the volcanic react, all the things. If you ever go to Mount St. Helens and just see what happened there in a 24-hour period, it blows your mind. If you can't go there, read about it. It's just everything that they say has to take millions of years took place in 24 hours. And they admit that it did. Yeah, I mean, it's, they admit that it took place, and they admit that if they, there's even a plaque out there. Joe, about to tell you, we saw it, read it. There's a plaque by scientists that say that every, you know, if they came upon this and did not know that it took place in 24 hours, did not have video of it, they would, they would say that this took millions of years. Even petrified wood in 24 hours. It's, a, it's amazing uh, would take place. But anyway, you had this cataclysmic thing. Clearly there were probably no mountains this high as Mount Everest is. Uh, when you had everything, the fountains of the deep erupt, and now, and now uh, as it's coming back down, that's a lot of settling, a lot of crushing in of earth. The mountains rose up out of the end. The scripture is going to tell us that, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. The intellectual God-hater and Bible doubter cannot accept that there is a God that is above them and above their minds. Here's the problem. Everything has to make sense the way they think it's supposed to make sense. Now, here's my first statement about this, kind of a, a just something to learn. Just as salvation is an issue of faith, so is judgment of God. You know, we've got to come, we have to, we have to take the judgment of God that came upon this world by flood. There's a whole lot of faith in that also, just like there was, there's salvation is about faith. It takes faith to believe an entire world to the highest mountain could have been flooded just as God says it did. But here's what the statement I want to make. God's judgments can be as miraculous as creation was miraculous. And see, that's what we have to understand. I believe that there's going to be a miraculous judgment of this world again. Oh, could it happen? You know, and all the scientists, you know, what this and that. Of course, they may agree a little bit more about fire more than they would the flood. But they'll say, you know, oh, it couldn't happen. No, it, a miraculous God that can create man, a miraculous God that can create the world, don't you think he can flood it? So, the third thing that I say, my thing is why question Jonah or the flood or Jesus walking on water if you truly believe that almighty God could, would, and did pay for your sins. You know, if you really believe that he saved you, if you really believe that he paid for your sins, you really believe that he created you and he created you and then he died for you, he came in the flesh of man, I mean, uh, by a virgin. Uh, there's, if you believe that, it is amazing. People say, well, I'm a Christian. You know, I believe in Jesus Christ, my Savior, but I don't believe in the flood. I don't believe in, jo you know, I don't believe Jonah uh, was swallowed by a whale. Uh, you know, of course, you know, the, the, the old lady that, that came to church, you know, she was in the debate. You heard that when she said, I believe if God said that Jonah swallowed the whale, I'd still believe it. Okay? Well, the truth is, I, I do too. Now, Number four, those that reject a God able to flood the world may very well be questioning whether this same God could die in their place. Here's the real problem. I believe when you start to question portions of the word of God, I think you need to really check, do you believe any of the word of God? Or do you believe it the way you believe it? Facts to help us uh, when we have, we're approached and things to think about, and I'm going to just throw these out. And this is, again, this is more um, just informational this morning, uh, just taking a few minutes with it. But the ark was about 500 feet long. Uh, that would make it at the approximate size of a World War II aircraft carrier. Now, you know what's really amazing about that? Is a guy and his boys built it. <laughs> that, that is incredible. That is amazing. 
And, uh, you know, most people believe when they put all the numbers, how old Noah was when he started, how old, you know, when the flood came, how old those things is, that it probably, it was more like, rather than 120 years, it's more like about, because the 120 really is not a specific statement of the length of time. But, you know, somewhere probably around 100 years, these, these boys, they worked on this thing, and they worked, and they worked, and they worked, and they built this massive uh, ark. Now, it's been estimated that the ark had an internal volume of more than 1.5 million cubic feet. Um, that'd be enough to live in, I think. And according to a brand new, uh, a brand new research conducted by scientists, the University of uh, uh, Leicester, Noah's Ark could have carried at least 70,000 animals without sinking. Now, here's, here's again, uh, they, this is what we're about to get into, one of the questions, and hopefully this will answer it. Noah's Ark would have floated even with two of every animal in the world packed inside. They say that it would have held 70,000 and it would have floated with 70,000 animals inside. And, and, you know, there's so many questions about, you know, they say, man, you know, you put uh, two elephants and two, the, two you know, how, uh, they don't have to be full size, okay? They don't have to be adults. They don't have to, to be that. Uh, now, also, also researchers are unsure if all the creatures could have squeezed into the huge boat. They're confident it would have handled the weight of 70,000 creatures without sinking them. Now, Here's the key, and this is, again, one of the arguments. They'll say there are millions of, millions of species out there. Okay, but that's not what he said he did. He said he put in two of each kind. Two of each kind. That means he put in two dogs. He didn't put in two pit bulls and two chihuahuas and, and two German shepherds. And you say, well, how did we get all of those? Well, where, okay, tell me, where did an English bulldog come from? Crossbreeding. That's where it came from. You know, there's still dogs, though. So it's not evolution. It's just crossbreeding, and, and there's still dogs. Uh, that's the whole issue. A dog doesn't change into a cat. Now, a dog may become a cat internally because he may eat one. But, they, but they, he doesn't turn into a cat. Okay, that's the whole thing. They, and they've never been able to show that. No evolutionist has ever been, no scientist can show any evidence of one kind changing into another. And so the ark would not have needed to hold 70,000 animals. One conservative estimate puts the number of animals on the ark at about 16,000. Now, that's still a lot. Be honest with you. That's a lot of food. But more important than that, that's a lot of processed food. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying, you know, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Hey, dear, there's a lot of aftermath of the food. And what? We had one window up above. <laughs> I'd hate to be the guy that's throwing it out. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be crazy. I have no idea how. Now, personally, I think probably God allowed him to go into hibernation, personally, because many animals go into hibernation anyway, and I think God could have done that, but uh, no way to prove that. Now, we've discovered, uh, we, they, those that do these kind of studies, uh, that there are at least tw 250 different ancient cultures that have a story of a massive cataclysmic flood. 250 ancient cultures that somehow refer back to somewhere way in the ancient past, a cataclysmic flood. Where'd that come from? If there really was a global flood, we would expect to find billions of dead things laid down in rock layers all over the globe. And we do. They're all over. They call them fossils. Amen? And they find them everywhere. You know where they find them? For all the, it's always amazing to me. Because I was reading this guy, and he was so 
sarcastic about the, the impossibility of Mount Everest being covered. Well, one of the key places that they find fossilized sea life is on top of Mount Everest. Now, how'd they get there if there wasn't any water there? Did somebody backpack them up? Whole unopened clams at the top of Mount Everest. And that wasn't because somebody had them shipped in. And now, if there was really was a global flood, we'd expect to find these billions of things, and we do. We know where Noah's Ark is today. We really, uh, you know, again, we say, I believe, dude, and there's so much evidence and so much information, so many pictures, and, I mean, some of the things that they show is pretty incredible, and they've had pieces of board that, that when they, you know, do all the carbon things on it, it just, it's amazing, and it's right where you'd expect it to be, Mount Era. Now, the remains of the ark are just, when they show these pictures of it, it's just as long and just as wide as the Bible says it should be. The wood from the ark has been tested, and the tests show that it does contain organic carbon. This means that the fossilized wood that was discovered was once living matter. Uh, along with the wood, uh, there was you know, just so many other things, and I'm not, I won't go through all these, but there's, this sounds crazy, but there where they found the ark, and of course those that have done research of it, they found petrified, I love this, petrified animal dung. Uh, they found a petrified antler and an uh, ancient piece of cat hair. Thankfully, the cat died. Um, and have been... <laughs> so, uh, historical records confirm, now, I love this, that, that the people have believed that this is the correct resting place for the ark for a very, very long time. And it goes through different cultures. Uh, 650 B.C., uh, in the Gilgamesh epic, 650 B.C. gives Mount Nicer... As the landing place of the ark, the local name for the town where the ark was found is Nasar. And so it just goes through so many things like this throughout history where, where it shows these. But I love this one, this final one. You might this just, this kind of stuff's interesting to me. But the, a village near the remains of the ark is named and known, and known as long as history to all the people there, the village of eight. And the valley is known as the Valley of Eight. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Because there was eight people in the ark. And nobody knows where these names came from. Historically, they, they go back past time. Uh, now, so, will we believe the evidence or will we dismiss it? Basically, people dismiss it because of their worldview. They don't want to believe it. Noah's Ark was built only to float, not to sail anywhere. And that's one of the big, I'm going to give you some of the key things that they argue, uh, that it's impossible that you could have sailed a, a structure like this. It wasn't built to sail. It was built to float. That's all it's supposed to do. It was just going to float around until God said, okay, we're done. Recede, settle where you're going to be. And so uh, that's the way it was. The, God told Noah to bring two of each kind, seven pairs of some, not of each species or variety. We just mentioned that. Noah had to, only had to have two uh, of the dog kind, which would include, you know, when you brought in the dogs, that would, would include the wolves and coyotes and foxes and mutts. You know, it could include everything. And so he, he and that answers that question. And Noah did not have to get the animals. God brought them to him. So that, you know, that answers that question. How would he ever get that many animals? How would he trap that many? He didn't. God brought them to him. And then, uh, the, uh, again, they, many believe, just as I do, many believe that a lot of these animals, if not all of them, would, have sleep, would sleep or hibernate because uh, even today they do during inactive, appear, they're inactive during uh, bad weather, bad times like that. The pre-flood people were probably much smarter, not probably, definitely, pre-flood was much smarter than we are. Uh, the, they had longer lifespans, Adam's direct contact with God, and the fact that they could glean the wisdom of many generations that were still alive would greatly expand their knowledge base. So the things that they could do and the way that they can handle it is beyond our comprehension. Uh, I think that they, they say, and, and again, I'm going back in my memory, and the mind is not that good, but I think they say that you know Einstein, smartest man maybe to ever live, uh, was using about 10% of his brain. 
That means most of us, we're, we're kind of like, in, <laughs> we're running 2%. Uh, we're not using much of this computer that we got up here. Now, think about the fact that when, they were, when Adam was created, he was created to use it 100%. And throughout his 960-something-year lifetime, it was declining. But maybe when he died, maybe Adam still was functioning at 75%. That would be so far above. And everything that he knew from God, you know, he walked with God and God taught him everything that he knew, he was able to teach his, his sons and his grandsons and his great-great-grandsons and great-great-great-great, all the way down to, uh, if I remember correctly, Adam was three generations from Noah. And so he, uh, I mean, the, the wisdom that was passed, passed down. Now, this is part of the reason, though, that the earth was, was destroyed so quickly because godly wisdom was being passed down so that they had knowledge that was incredible knowledge that came all the way from perfection uh, that was passed down. But they, the ability of evil, the, the created evil was also passed down. And so the Bible says the highest mountains were covered, 15 cubits of water. Uh, this is the, hath, the height of the ark. This uh, made the ark safe from scraping the bottom at all times. Large mountains as we have them today did not exist until after the flood. When, when in Psalm 104, 5 through 9, and Genesis 8, 3 through 8, the mountains arose and the valleys sank. That's basically what the scripture's teaching us. There's enough water. Listen to this. And this is one of the things they say, they, you know, where would all this water go? There's enough water in the oceans right now to cover the earth 8,000 feet deep if the surface of the earth were smooth. Now, that's incredible. That if you just smoothed out the world, 8,000 feet deep we would be in water. So... The flood was initiated by the breaking of opening of the fountains of the deep. That's Genesis 7, 11. This probably indicates massive volcanic activity, which would have divided the crust into the various plates and the things that we have today. So uh, my time's up, but, but uh, just to say this, the top uh, 3,000 feet of Mount Everest from 26,000 to 29,000 feet is made up of sedimentary rock packed with seashells and other ocean dwelling animals. How? And you'd really, you, you, sometimes, you know, you just, you get so frustrated when you read these naysayers, the stupidity they throw out there while they think you're ignorant. I think, this is your own science, but you don't want to read it. Well, our time's up. We got about 17, 18 minutes before the service starts, so see you in a few minutes. How you doing? Good.
that were trying. Oops, sorry guys. Let's see if I got that tucked right. Is that looking okay? Let's do it that way. Okay. Sorry. Um, I'll probably get another chance at it. Well, look at that. That'd be great. Will they? Will that be terrible if you're not in there? Okay. Now. Quite sure. <laughs> uh, would you like me to help you? I could 